0: This is Sam, program director and Wednesday morning host on WMNF. Did you know that 70% of our funding comes from listener donations? We don't play commercials, so our studio equipment, building, volunteers, even the transmitter and the live stream you're hearing right now is all supported by generous people like you. Please donate now. Click the tip jar on the WMNF app and on WMNF.org. Thanks so much.
1: In your horse and so slow down watch the swing go on your pedal ease over switch over to a, off, a collision for horse4 don't move don't break don't goop don't sleep light passing light flashing light happens that fast party the gun black hands up and prayer black guns up and bed dying wishes to touch the air happen
2: all right all right all right little Tal que this morning <laughs> alone black star. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum, right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete, and the surrounding areas. This is your host, Walter Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with the members of the 4th Estate crew.
3: What's up, Mabee? Good morning. You all right, man? Pretty good. You know, today is a very important day in black history, as we celebrate black history, man. The term Pan African was first used as (laughs) the first Pan African Congress took place on this day. Yes. Starting in nineteen hundred. Yes. Yes. In London, England. That's right. Matter of fact, that's right. You know your stuff. Oh man, come on, man.
2: Come on. If I know anything, I know that. (laughs) Yeah, man, that that was that was very important. You know, few people know, few people know this, that both WEB and Booker T Washington. Yeah. Started out, that's how they kind of met. Yeah. Right? Uh, before, they, they had been a bit, just not quite adversarial, but they, they, <laughs> those points were just starting to come out, the famous points of view yeah. regarding uh, political power uh, as well as uh, 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 employee employment, the power of the employment and so forth. Those those are all important. Uh, yeah. Invo- and vocational
3: work. Uh, were both important points, and they still are today. Yeah, I mean, it was about colonialism, uh, anti-colonialism, because the African continent was being carved up by the Europeans, and so the Africans had to respond. And it's also turn of the century Mm -hmm. at this point. uh, Everybody
2: there was either a former slave or at least one generation from slavery. And in in this particular case, uh, it was... It was interesting because It gave rise to another young man Mm -hmm. Who was up and coming At this particular point You see, Du Bois And and, uh, Du Bois was still pretty young Fairly young Uh, Mm -hmm. Booker T. Washington was fairly young But probably in his 50s At this particular point Uh, Yours truly is 50 by the way (laughs) So so, so, But at this particular point uh, A young Marcus Garvey Hmm. Begins to emerge From um, From the shadows So to speak And from From, uh, from Kingston And he comes up and, and he is And few people know this Marcus Garvey Never had a degree Never had a degree But he attended A lot of classes hmm. Right So he traveled to England He was there At some of these meetings And he met with A lot of these people Who were A part of The Pan-African Congress and so, as as the as the Congress would meet annually, it was so often, he was there, or he would go to the different meetings and classes they would have and sessions they would have around, you know, in England. But then, those same classes, he began to take the curriculum and take that information and bring it back to, um, bring it back to, um, to the uh, to, to the United States where he found the ability to unite people who were trying to form an identity,
3: right? Yeah. yeah.
2: So as you form an identity, what's happening? You know, you got to remember, six million plus black souls were released into into the North American continent from the South. And so out of, out of all these people that were being sent out Into the wilderness, so to speak, you know, you're looking at people who are undereducated or uneducated. Now, for you to really understand that, for you to really understand, people can really people don't really grasp that idea. Because therein lies lies the issue of the of the Negro problem, as they call Mm -hmm. it. Right? All the newspapers called it the Negro problem. Right? And it led to in the United States, it led to even more of the white fear. Hmm. Right? So what you saw in, say, what you saw in apartheid, what you saw in apartheid was a good was it gives you a good idea, a good frame of reference in the modern time of what happened then. You have a country full of black people who, like, 88% of the population at this particular point, because now you have a white population now that has, that has uh, migrated into, or immigrated, if you will, into uh, South Africa. Consider that 88% or more, a little more than that, of the people live there, and 10%, 15% own the resources and live there. Especially the arable land. Right. So... So imagine now all these people that, that turn flip the switch and, and let's look at the United States. You have a predominant population of white people, right and that, that is decimated, that's gone through the the process of doing the same thing that happened in South Africa pretty much. Decimated numbers so that they can maintain power. Decimated numbers so they can maintain power. You saw it in South Carolina, you saw it in Georgia. You saw it in uh, North Carolina. You saw it as people began to move west, migrating out of, out of the south, into Missouri and places like that, Texas, black towns being decimated. Why? Because you had people who were educating themselves, right, who were, first, again, former slaves, first generation out of slavery, who are for the first time establishing something, but having those things, those things end up being destroyed because now— you have a, a, a major, major issue with uh, trying to make certain that that a society is built, an identity is built. And so therein lies the issue of Pan-Africanism. Pan-Africanism uh, has to do with the idea that black people, universally globally, globally, which is why Marcus Garvey referred to his organization as Universal Negro Improvement. Association, globally, black people who identify people identified as being black uh, uh, needed to come together in order to really gain real political power. Okay. Which is why Du Bois had no problem with it at all.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, the Pan Africanist Congress was focused on those years: Ethiopia, Haiti, yes, Liberia, and <laughs> who was the special representative? Du Bois represented. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored people. people. That's right. That's
2: right. That's so right.
3: they were represented. That's right. And, and Washington, few
2: people, like, like I said before, my, few people know this, but Washington was present. And he says, he's, he's like, well, okay, that's cool. Not long after, he delivers the speech in Atlanta, which is called the Atlanta Compromise. And in this Atlanta Compromise, people refer to him as a sellout. A lot of people refer to him as a sellout when they... When they hear the compromise, now I make I make no judgments um, regarding that historically, um, for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is because uh, it is unclear as to whether that was a very passionate, um, passionate plea, if you will, to a, a predominantly white audience. It, 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 that that trouble that part troubled me. Uh, to a predominantly white audience about the status of Negroes, of black, uh, then Negroes, of black people um, as to whether or not they needed to worry about black people having power, having having any type of political power. What could they expect from us? He very passionately uh, in my analysis of that, if, and, and I, I definitely urge people to take uh, a read of the of the language of the day during the Atlanta Compromise. Please read the Atlanta Compromise or listen to it. You can actually listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the Atlanta Compromise led uh, to a number of HBCUs being supported. Remember now, he was the head of Tuskegee Institute. That's right. Okay, along with the Tuskegee Institute, you have a. And I know this because I I followed up with the relationship that he had with J.R.E. Lee. Now, for those of you who don't know FAMU history or Ooh. Florida history, J R E Lee was the president of Florida A and M University, and there were two presidents in particular, that of, of FAMU, um, President Young and President Lee. Nathan Beyond and President Lee, that both had relationships with Booker T. Washington, and they met with him many, many times in order to get an understanding about how he was operating. It is believed that Washington's position was one that was a, I would say, a cover, if you will, in order to be able to get the funding that's necessary to put the the, the white people's. Uh, the, the white philanthropists', uh, philanthropists uh, minds at ease that there was not going to, you know, the white fear, right? Again, we go back to the white fear, mm-hmm. that this was not going to be some great overthrow of, of black power because, understand, there was still a lot of black political power that was emerging even in that particular time. And the, I remember now, that's the reason why you had a red summer, much power it saw too much power mm-hmm. but for, I'm telling you right now uh, if it had not been for Ida B. Wells or NAACP or Booker T. Washington uh, Booker T. Washington, or uh, let, let me not say Washington but yeah I say Washington if it had not been for Washington and not been for uh, Du Bois a lot more violence would have happened I believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot more violence because at the time Washington was actually considered the most powerful black man uh, in the United States Strangely enough mm-hmm. That was that was, uh, You know And, and so, so Garvey's emergence <coughs> Garvey's emergence Into the um, <coughs> Into the uh, 20th century The early 20th century um, At that particular time Garvey had never Had not met Booker T. Washington But he was a Washington fan He was definitely mm-hmm. A Washington fan Coming from Jamaica His main thing was Self-determination Mm-hmm. The ideology uh, of self determination fell right in line with Washington's concept of using your hands, right? Being able to use your hands and work and be able to gain control um, of, of your community, right? Uh, however, I think it was an it was a short sight of him to have such a, a bad relationship with Du Bois. He had see Washington and Du Bois had a friendly opposition. Du Bois and, and uh, Garvey had a really bad. They did. They did not like each other, like badly. Right. A lot, a lot of people don't. These are little little <laughs> nuances of history that people don't know, and, and but it's important to know it because uh, if we if we don't, we fail to understand the dynamics of what happened mm-hmm. in the past, and we make the same mistakes yeah right everybody's I, I hate to use that cliche but it's true you know if you you know um, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it well mm-hmm. you know these are but these are little nuances really that you don't expect people to really know per se, right but it's important again to have these types of discussions as a watch this as a type of critical race theory
3: right. As you can see, this stuff reverberates Uh-oh. to this day. <laughs> what, what, what did I
2: just say? Critical race theory. Mm-hmm. It's an analysis, isn't it? It's really an analysis. And so, what, what we. So, I, I did that on purpose. I did that a little bit on purpose for us to understand and to convey the messages to everybody out there who's listening right now. This is the very information that our children need to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And think critically. And think critically. They need to learn to think critically. And as they are growing, they will get the same type of be able to 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 write on the very thing that I just spoke on. What he's yes. doing is he's taking the ability. What what DeSantis is doing by doing by by stopping CRT in the public school system is he effectively is 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 basically shutting down the ability. He thinks he's shutting down. The ability of of black people and people in general to identify with the truth what? of, of, of what's happened around them.
3: Why right? did you have to mention that toxic name? Now you've I got the phone, lines the phone lines, lines are going lit up. up. Phone lines are going right, <laughs> I, and I know it's
2: Daryl. You know it's Daryl, right? So Daryl, hold on. I, I, I don't even know. It. i do not even know for certain it's Daryl, but I bet you was Daryl. <laughs> but I, I, I um. I had to do it because it's been sitting on my mind all week long. Okay. We've had several shows regarding the issue of Africana studies and the importance okay. of cultural studies. We've also had several shows, uh, and we need to have more regarding this issue, of the of the difference because it was brought up last week. And I, I thought about that, that comment, and it bothered me. The, the gentleman who called in and said that he had a problem with uh, LGBT, and um, I, th- I forget what the. Uh, uh, I guess it was Black Lives Matter. Was it? Was it Black Lives yeah, Matter? Yeah, I
3: think that was mentioned. Yeah, right.
2: Um, <laughs> being a part of of our Black history, you know, thing. And, and it was, well, you remember what my response was. No, I, I, I don't. I I get. I think I understand the context of what he was saying. The context of what he's saying. Let me be clear about this to everybody out there. Um, my father was uh, one of the leading, um, leading supporters of multiculturalism in this country. But one of the main things, actually, in the world. But one of the main things about my father that that people, if you knew him, you know this. Um, black history was black history. period everything else had its place now here's the context under which I'm saying this multiculturalism has has the ability to water down black history that's a problem and he knew this and he was very very firm about that point we do not we need to be careful not to not to allow any of because because the same thing happened to the Black Panther Movement the same thing happened to the Black Panther movement we need to make sure that we that everybody stays in their lane with regard to like if if it's Black History Month okay we just, we study Black History Month um, but Black History is 365 mm-hmm. right it's 365 but within Black History now you, you come watch the context now watch the context remember I used the Bayard Rustin yeah. analogy right Bayard Rustin was what? Richard Wright was what? B- two, they were both two black gay males, right? Mm-hmm. What we lose, what we what we cannot lose sight of, is the fact that they were black males, and the fact that they that what they what they discussed, what they addressed, what they focused in on more than anything else. Was the effect of what their particular issue was? Like, like I say, stay in your lane, right? What their particular issue was with society, and what society's problem was with them. But if, if first of all, if there had not been a if, if there had not been a Bayard Rustin, there wouldn't have never been a successful bus boycott in 1955. Forget it; wouldn't have happened, right? He, he, the, the ideas, the ideologies, matter of fact, of Gandhi could never have been discussed with King unless in 1941 he had a, Baird Rustin himself, had a discussion with who? Gandhi.
3: Well, I mean, it was, a, it was a lot of people who were black who were advocating for a lot of things, including gay rights. And yes. They didn't have to be gay, but they, you know, but gay people who were black did contribute. You know, we had people like Lorraine Hansberry. Who advocated for gay rights? You know, we know she was a great literary giant in the black Mm -hmm. community. So Mm -hmm. it's all about who contributed. Who contributed to the black freedom struggle? There you go. There you go. And and we. And again, we
2: cannot lose focus of that. Our liberation precede. It takes precedence for us. Period. That's where I stand on it. Our liberation takes precedence for us. Everything else is a. Everything else is a matter of. We we set the pace. We set the model. If you want to follow, if you want to set your model by that, you're welcome to do it. We you know, and I support it. I'll support it 110 percent. But don't try to water down Black History. Don't do that. That's what we need to be very very careful. We need to be very careful about that. Um, Okay, and and we don't need to walk on eggshells about it either. We do not need to walk on eggshells about it. I don't walk on eggshells about it. I will not walk on eggshells about it. Um, You know, I've I've always been very supportive of other movements. Uh, I have no problem with that and giving voice to those movements constantly, constantly. Um, We want to see those same movements give support to us. That's what we want to see. So that haven't been said. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's get it. What we
3: got. Okay. Go ahead, caller. You're on. This is a new forum.
4: Hey, good morning, ma- uh, my Billy. What did I say? Uh, good morning. <laughs> dear. what's up, and man? I, yeah, and I heard a giggle somewhere. I think it's another uh, fourth state member that's on there. Yes. Young lady, you didn't mention yes. her name? Laura. Laura Rodriguez. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. She, she has a
2: whole segment, man.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: You really, man, you always be stealing my thunder, dude.
4: No, nah, I'm an I'm avid. Well, you need to know. There are some of us out here who really listen at what you have to say. And it's interesting that you said something about W.E. Du Bois and um, Booker T. Washington. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know that, that they had, you said, a friendly adversarial.
2: A a friendly opposition. Like, you know, um, I I might disagree with somebody who's who's a Republican, Mm -hmm. which I do quite often. So... (laughs) But it does not mean that I hate them right. or that I want to put my hands around them and choke their
4: neck, but, which well, I, I you do know, with a lot of people. But. I just wanted to say this one, and I'm not going to take up your time Did you know this one. Uh, the Dr. Martin Luther King and uh, Adam Clayton Powell, yeah. they had uh, oh, yeah. disagreements with each other. Oh, uh, yeah. They were good in their own right. But uh, a lot of us, you know, we – what. Adam Clayton Powell had something against Martin Luther King. Yeah. Yeah. he <laughs> But that does not diminish the work that each person did. We would like them to be unified. They just had a different approach. And they all they were both working towards like would we'll say like Martin and Malcolm. We were for Mark, Malcolm was more for like black liberation. Okay. Martin was about, um, but liberation. We build this country, and we should be enjoying some of the fruits of of, of, of this built country. Yeah, but both of them were for if liberation. I'm saying that right, if I'm saying that right,
2: you, you, you're not, you, I, I would say this, um, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but right. I, I would say this the way that I would, I would point out in my, my, con- the, the way I, I'm taking what you're saying is that both of them were for liberation. Right, right, and it's just it's just the 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 course by which they choose to take it, right So okay. you know ultimately you got, you got to remember now at the same time that you that you that we discuss Martin and Malcolm, many people uh, um separate them by the concept of violence, <laughs> right that that's usually the the deciding factor on whether or not somebody follows Martin or Malcolm. you follow Martin and you're peaceful if you If you follow Malcolm then you're violent no that's that, and, that, and that's a that's a very oversimplified way of actually separating the two and in in, in truth, I think that it's not fair
4: you, you know you know why you know why Walter because that's why teaching is so important, and it I'm is. gonna get off the phone. It it's is. so important. People see that iconic picture of Malcolm holding a shotgun. Right, and they think, yeah, that's 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 him. He's just a hothead. He just wanna. Do you know why he was holding that shotgun and where that picture was taken? What's the story behind that picture, Walt? I know you know it. Please, yeah. please tell the
2: story. It did. So, so in that particular photograph, um, you know, it wasn't Malcolm holding a gun for the purpose of shooting white people, as, as white people would say. That's that's mm-hmm. not what happened. What happened was his own people from the from the Nation of Islam had just firebombed his house. Right. And so he was standing in the, he was standing in the in the uh, somebody took a um, some B roll if you will of him looking out the window with that uh, with that shotgun. Mm-hmm. So uh, was it AK forty six AK forty seven? It looked like uh, it, it was. An assault it was assault rifle whatever it was, it was assault rifle. But the bottom line was he was protecting his home. And, uh, and and it was from from what he perceived was an attack on on his home by the Nation of Islam, so you know that. But that, yeah, that's that's the and that's what that was.
4: Without teaching, a lot of apocryphal stories come out of things about individuals that aren't true, right? And people need to be taught the truth about certain things, okay? And instead of just taking it. And running with it, I want to say this real quick. Um, I'm I'm not Chris. I'm not trying to get off the subject, but I want to say this: the views expressed by the caller do not necessarily <laughs> reflect Walter L. Smith, the Sunday Forum, or the Fourth Estate. <clears throat> uh, you all heard and seen this on the news, and you should have your antennas up. What's her name? Mickey Haley mm. running. You know, made her announcement that she's running for president. We need to really gauge the temperature that's going on and the atmosphere that's going on in the country. She, once again, somebody, unfortunately, well, she's white. And she Mm, used the mm, word, mm, uh, mm, she mm, used mm, the
2: word, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. She classifies herself she classifies as white. On yeah, she is the East Indian. Woke. She is now, East Indian. Her name is N- Nimrata.
4: Is, yeah, the statements that she made and talking about being weak. Now, woke to me really leapfrogged with um uh the young man who got killed by the cop. had his knee on his neck and and basically killed him. Okay. Uh, I would like to ask Miss Haley, um, the person who was being killed, was he being weak? Uh, The people were talking about meaning that we are woke to this craziness and a lot of people in the country, we've been trying to tell them the story about certain police officers and certain police precincts and their actions and stuff, and you didn't believe us. All of a sudden, now it's worldwide, and now you woke. You woke to the injustices. And true to form, the enemy embedded people in our protest. That's why I always say we need to control the narrative. When the protest is over, the leaders of the protest say, go home, go home. Now, there are any hotheads that are out here, they don't represent us. Okay, go home now. But Miss Haley, what she basically said, and she's going on a rant like this. um, The news network, I'm really, you know, why aren't you all really getting on her? And some of them saying, oh, well, when she meets Trump, Trump's really going to like my hope is really in Donald Trump putting her down. I mean, she really said some stuff that really should put herself down. Okay. Uh, Walter, I'll, I'll, that's all I have to say right now. She, <laughs> she says something about... i I talk to you later. My Billy, you go go right on ahead. Say what you got to say. I'm going to hang up right now.
3: Okay. <laughs> she <laughs> said something about DeSantis' war yes. on African-American studies didn't go far enough. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, you know, there, there's a, there's, a, according to, and I don't, I don't really like to go by these people's stuff, but according to Fox News, there's a prominent liberal women's right group that's, that's defending Nikki Haley and uh, demands that uh,
3: Don Lemon be suspended indefinitely. So they complain about cancel culture, but they are the ones doing all the canceling. Right. Right.
2: There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. So I just wanna, I just wanna make sure that that we had that conversation, and I'm glad that that Daryl came on and said what he said. Let's uh, let's let's go to the to the phone lines here, and get these get these uh these calls in, and we're going to go to our guests. Yes, that are in the studio with us. Uh, let me just tell you who they are right now. Yes. All right. We are the fir- the first vice president. Brother, will you please... Hey, good
3: morning. Um, Daryl Hite. Daryl Hite. Great, Daryl Hite. Great, great to be here. All right. Great to be here, Walter. All right. All right. Glad to have you here, brother. Yes, sir. And
2: then of, of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And we also have an old friend, President Yvette Lewis. How are you?
4: I am wonderful, Walter. Good morning, everyone.
2: Glad to have you. Here. Glad to have you here. So today... One of the things we're going to discuss after we we go to the phone lines here is we're going to discuss uh, what is coming down the pipeline, what's going on with the NAACP, um, what we are working on. we, we got to talk about this, okay? So we're going to unpack that today on the show. Um, so let's go to the lines. After we go to the lines, we're going to go directly to uh, Laura Rodriguez in the Rodriguez corner, and then we're going to hear from the
3: NAACP. So, let's go to the line. All right, go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum.
0: Hi, uh, good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I, Chris Steiner here. I I don't know if... Uh, was that me you're referring to, Walter? Uh, was the caller you're saying it was objections to uh, LGBTQ and Black Lives Matter? Was that...?
2: No, it was not. No, nothing to do with oh. you, at all.
0: Okay, just wondering, because I did preface a call by saying black lives matter and i didn't want that to be uh, misunderstood um and uh all right um yeah i just uh um one of the comment on some of the other things you said none, none of the names that you mentioned in black history are um considered crt but you know just so folks know that uh while i hold i was checking the curriculum that uh, had been proposed and rejected by the Department of Education, and uh, none of those were on the list, but they were in the curriculum uh, when I did the search, so, um, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the timeline of events uh, was that on January 13th, uh, the original curriculum was rejected. February 1st, the new curriculum was introduced uh, by the College Board, the Advanced Placement African American Studies, as to what I'm referring, and um, then the... Uh, they claimed that uh, it was already available, ready December twenty second, twenty twenty two, and um, you know, though the curriculum is not available, um, I, I mentioned the uh, syllab- I mentioned uh, I was. I said curriculum. I meant the syllabus uh, is what I searched for those uh, Black history figures, and and they're all there. Um, but um, uh, you know, I want folks to know that uh, really nobody has seen. The, the curriculum, so I, I wish we had a chance to, though uh, um, I saw it, uh, in uh, CBS, they just uh, reported in this article that um, it said that it's unclear if any of the schools in Florida that the College Board had planned to roll out the pilot program, it's unclear if, if any of those were in Florida, and they were supposed to be, or there are 60 uh, unnamed high schools um, and uh, supposed to be unnamed by the College Board. If you divide fifty states by sixty, then you'd figure a state would get one or two. So, um, I want folks to know that uh, that's the Department of Education's decision, and and uh, there's no speci- specificity. But uh, I saw this past week that uh, in a press conference, the Santa said that they're considering going with other brands of African American history. Mm. Well, that's what I presume but you know, other brands of uh gaining college for high school students to gain college credits once they've earned enough to graduate they can earn those advanced placement college credits and they're they're looking he said at uh, ib which is international uh baccalaureate and uh cambridge which he said are more widely available and more stringent but uh, i don't know if anyone has uh, any commentary on whether that's true
3: or not, let me, um, let, me let
2: me say this. Let, let me, let me, I think I think that truthfully, Chris, I think you're you're onto something there, um, and I think that what we're going to do, truthfully, you're right. You're right. You are absolutely correct. Um, most people have not seen the, the CRT. We know about it. We've commented about it. And because of the the nature of how it was rolled out, how it was presented, um, in terms of eliminating it, uh, people automatically um, said, "Oh, well, no, that that can't happen," and, and so forth. And you know, and, and that was the focal point. I think I think you're right in that that it does need to be analyzed. It does need to be. we, we need to know more about it, right, in terms of its detail. Uh, but we also I, I also have no problem with with it being taught,
3: and many governors uh, are deciding to do it. they're going to demand that it be included in their curriculum studies for their high school kids who want to be advanced placement, and there are some churches that will promise right, to teach right. this syllabus so right. as a matter of fact, I it more <laughs> more I, I can tell you right now yeah, I can tell you right now unequivocally.
2: That, that the Dr. Walter L. Smith Library already is putting together a Black History coursework that that uh, that is based primarily on the subject matter that you would find in that in that uh, in that curriculum, uh,
0: like uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, Derrick Bell, uh, the founders. Uh, you know, those are the types of uh, authors who are not allowed to be taught a taxpayer expense, and it, again, it wasn't DeSantis. It was the, of course, he supported the decision and, and passed the Stop Woke Act and the other curriculum legislation he signed. But he's um, at war with his Department of Education. He's
2: not. He's not a supporter of it. Bottom line, and it, it doesn't matter whether, whether he was the one who did this. That he he, he did enough. He did enough. And, and and now and now we're we're you know what he's done fundamentally is he's declared war on on our community and it has been that way for quite some time and as far as I'm concerned he can eat one so i mean i'm I'm you know I am where I am on it yeah. and 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 that that's not gonna change I'm unalterably opposed to to it being uh to it not being taught um and and, and until I see something. Uh, I, I did not like the way that that he characterized it because I thought it was unfair. He took one or two instances of something that happened uh, somewhere in the United States and decided that that was how he was going. That that's how this is taught or this is always taught. No, anybody who first of all anybody who points out a, a child in a course in a classroom and says your ancestors did X Y Z, they don't need to be in a classroom they don't need to be in the classroom because they don't know how to teach. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. Uh, so, so, so I want everybody to really understand where I stand on this particular issue, and that that is certainly something that that uh, that cannot happen in the classroom or anywhere else for
3: that matter. He's playing politics. He's just playing politics. Yeah, man. I, you know, that's so, all I, this to it is. Yeah.
5: I would like to comment on something that um, the like he you, De- Desantis specifically. Um, wanted or had problem with in the uh, ap study program was the the teaching of reparations which is something that has been an integral demand for the black liberation movement um, and specifically the 40 acres and a mule demand or the our reparation that was supposed to be given to black folks <coughs> in the south um was, or was
2: given to some to some but not away. all right
5: and at the like end of the day people like it's a fact that the united states knocked people down before they had the chance to stand up the betrayal of the reconstruction movement the betrayal of like black folks getting into office as soon as the civil war ended and then they were stripped of their rights stripped of the democratic demands and that's something that happened that is something that has set black folks back because of what the us did and that's something that like is integral into how Black folks today even live because it's it you knock them down before they had the chance to stand up and their kids are then also knocked down and it's happened again and again and again and it won't let up.
3: Well, separate but equal was inherently unequal. (laughs) Right, right. right. Let's go to this next caller. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum.
6: Yes. Good morning. Good morning. uh uh, I was watching a documentary last night on CNN (sighs) about Reconstruction. And they focus on how the Civil War was taught, of North versus the way it was taught yes. down South. Yes. And I tell you, like like we we're talking about how the governor and other people are trying to whitewash history, it goes all the way back from the end of the Civil War during the Reconstruction period. Because if you listen to the way they taught it in Louisiana versus the way they taught it in Boston you wouldn't even think they're talking about the same event. right? And by, by the victor telling their side of the story or whoever participated telling their side of the story, it has watched the history. And I think that's why a lot of people now are afraid of, you know, they call CRT and stuff like that. They just don't want to know the true history, so they want to tell their version of it. And if anyone else objected to their version of it, oh, it's not right, it's not accurate and stuff like that. And I think that's part of the problem we're having like that with that.
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I think I saw that same documentary, and I've seen others where uh, I was doing, I was helping my father do some research once, and we were looking at the at the fact that the Florida Constitution had not been changed until a uh, hundred years later, um, and and it was it was actually the basis on uh, of the of the desegregation of schools uh, in the in the state of Florida at some point. Mm um in, in 1973 right um uh, yeah. so so when we talk about the, but when we talk about the issue of of whitewashing history here in the south what they were saying in the curriculum here in the south was that there was um this is the war was not fought number one this is the basis of the whole thing the war the civil war was not fought because of slavery it was fought <laughs> because of states rights. Right? It was fought because on the grounds of states rights. But what were the states' rights? What were they what were they fighting for? And this so this shows sort of, <laughs> the, the ignorance of the whole thing. But they omit this whole thing about slavery and they say and, and they say in their textbooks literally that they that the that the I can't say what what I really want to say in there because it's it's literally it's so Bad. It's it's so bad. Uh but literally what they say is that the Negro population, right, enjoyed this. They they had no problem with this. And so and and, and they and they elaborate and they emphasize the numbers of of people who of black people who actually fought for the Confederacy, right? Okay, so on the other side of the, the northern, that's why they call it the 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 war of northern aggression. <laughs> the war of northern aggression is what they call it, is what Southerners, Confederates, mm-hmm. call the Civil War. The, in the North, they refer to it as the Civil War, right? Um, and 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 of course, to them, of course, in the North. They're saying, "Okay, the South were a bunch of traitors, right?" And it was fought on the issue on the basis of slavery, and you know, um, and, and that these people were uh, were basically cretins, right? So that's what this is what we're this is what we what we're dealing with here, and, and the whole carpet thing and back and forth. So it's a lot of back and forth between between watch this between white people. And and how they wrote history—the victors. <laughs> they, 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 were the, they were the victors on both sides. Right. Do you understand me? Mm-hmm. They were the victors on both sides. But the second that we begin an African studies program, or we begin to have these types of programs where we where we write about what's happening, this is
3: this is where we have the problem. Well, they're the pro-Confederates and the anti-Confederates, and the uh, whites and the. Uh, Nikki Haley, that's the one thing she didn't mention was the one good thing she was forced to do, and that's take down the Confederate flag. flag in South Carolina. She didn't mention that. <laughs> but but guess what?
2: But guess what? We did. Because we were. where were we? I was in South Carolina, right? Yeah. And we covered we it. Yeah. We covered it. We actually covered it here on the, on the Sunday Forum. So, you know, this is something that is important, guys. This is very, very important. We cannot, we can ill afford to let this type of thing just happen, and, and it'd be, you know, just, ugh, yeah, man. Anyway, let's 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 go on, and let's get to the Rodriguez reports.
5: Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's been a busy weekend. Uh, the yes. Andrew Joseph Memorial Weekend is happening uh, today, actually, and it happened, the vigil was on Friday, and they had some workshops y- uh, yesterday, but I was speaking at another event um, with an OG young lord uh, for Independence for Puerto Rico so that's what I've been up to but today okay. I will be talking about um, Judy Richardson for a little Black History personal profile and this we, whole show has been with, <laughs> we
2: know came with the, with the beat for that did like we? like, the, like the, <laughs> the typewriter sound or whatever we supposed to have with, or the, the bells the, the bells and the drum the congas or whatever man <laughs> go ahead <laughs> Is that,
1: right.
2: there you go I like it like that one. there we go
5: so non- A little Background music.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're my background music right now. <laughs> um, so nonviolent co- coordinating committee activist Judy Richardson was born to auto worker William King Richardson and the state office worker May Louise Tucker Richardson in Terrytown, New York. Richardson grew up under the hill section of Terrytown. Richardson's father helped organize- <clears throat> the United Auto Workers UAW local at the Chevrolet plant in Terrytown and died on the line, unfortunately, oh, wow. when she was seven years old. Richardson graduated from Sleepy Hollow High School in 1962 and was accepted to Swarthmore College on a full four-year scholarship. Later, Richardson would also attend Columbia University, Howard University, and I'm sorry, I've only ever seen this written down, and... Antioch College. Antioch. Antioch College. Uh, during her fresh and during her freshman year at Swarthmore, Richardson joined a Students for Democratic Society affiliate chapter. And in uh, 60, 1963, hoopsies, Richardson traveled by bus on weekends with other SDS volunteers to assist in the Cambridge, Maryland community in desegregating public accommodations. The Cambridge movement was led by. Um, Gloria Richardson with assistant from uh, SNCC, which is... One, one second, I can find um, that. Student Nonviolent um, Coordinating yep, Committee? Yep, 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 that, that one. Um, and other with other field secretaries such as Baltimore native Reggie Robinson. Richardson, Judy Richardson, eventually joined SNCC staff at the national office in Atlanta where she worked closely with um... James Foreman, Ruby, Doris, Smith-Robinson, and Julie Bond. And when the national office moved to Mississippi during the 1964 Mississippi Freedom Summer, Richardson relocated uh, as well. Richardson worked on SNCC projects in Loden's Country, Alabama, with Stokie Carmichael and Kwame Ture and others, who we listened to this morning.
4: Lowndes
2: <laughs> County. Lounge County.
5: Mm-hmm. And in Southwest, in, in Southwest, she also worked in Southwest Georgia, and in 1965, Richardson became office manager for Julie Bonds' successful first campaign for the government for the Georgia House of Representatives. And she also organized a Northern Freedom School to bring young activists from SNCC Southern Projects and Northern offices to support. So this Freedom School is actually really an amazing opportunity for a lot of young activists from the north and to south and to come together to share ideologies and ideas and ways of like working politically and organizing politically. And this, you know, carried out throughout the, the rest of the, um, like, civil rights movements. And it's really helped inspire a new generation of the younger ones to continue on. And Judy Richardson is someone who has continuously and organized throughout her entire life, as whether as a student or as a filmmaker. She's always been someone um, who sustained the modern civil rights movement as we know it. And yeah, so that's like a little, little something. Sub- <laughs>
2: thank you very much. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. All right. So <laughs> as we, as we, everybody, first of all, thank you very much, Miss Rodriguez. We mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Next week, I think we got Albizu Compost. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, do, we're, gonna okay. do a, we're gonna do a Black History month on Albizu Campos. So hey, everybody. Um, it is now eight fifty-eight. Eight fifty-eight in the morning. It's beautiful Saturday morning. And we Sunday. are. Why so That's why I want to say Saturday. <laughs> no. Sunday morning, man. Saturday just sitting on my mind, Saturday morning. On my we mind. are here. <laughs> All right. So we are here on Sunday morning at 8.58 a.m. on WMNF. This is the Sunday Forum with your host, Walter the II, along with the members of the Fourth Estate Crew. And we are in studio with the uh, first vice president and president of the NAACP, Yvette Lewis. We are going to come back just after the NPR break, and we're going to get it down. We're going to get it down. we got a whole hour of NAACP stuff to talk about, baby, right here on
3: the Sunday Forum. And we're going to take your telephone calls in the process. Keep those telephone lines ringing, 813-239-9663. This is the Sunday Forum. Stay tuned after news.